You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, welcome into the latest Mountain West Connection podcast. Uh, going through the. Uh, team by team as many as we can previews for these out of conference games as always our website mwcconnection.com jeremy moss here always uh, hosting these type of podcasts stitcher itunes uh, blog talk radio we're on tune in as well youtube when i get around to it just kind of depends if i have time to do so we're gonna talk alabama today and we have two teams who are going up against the crimson tide later this year we have uh, fresno state september 9th Colorado State September 16th for a return visit, or I guess second visit, since those two played a couple years ago. And to help us out from RollBamaRoll.com, we have a Eric Evans with us. So, Eric, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing good this Sunday. We're trying to be ambitious here and talk to about 60 people about these non-conference games. So, wish me luck. <laughs> <laughs> Better you than me. <laughs> Exactly. Yes, with a dozen teams, it can, be, it can get a bit dicey. So we're going through, like I said, we're going to quick preview over over the team, over spring football. There's a few changes to Alabama, so let's just kind of start how we have been for these past couple we've done so far with me talking with the other teams. Give us your kind of big picture, twenty thousand foot view of spring football since everybody's wrapped up now. Uh, you know, as far as the national picture, or just the Alabama. No, no, no. Just Alabama. I don't. I don't care sure. about Tennessee or <laughs> Texas Tech or anything. Bama, come on. <laughs> um, the defense will be very fast. Um, probably the most athletic Alabama defense you've seen, and offense will probably be the fastest, most athletic one you've seen. So I think there may be a drop off in defensive production, particularly in sacks and pressures generated up front. Um, but that's going to be more than offset because I think this offense can pick up another you know, seven to eight points per game. So it's a far more aggressive team on both sides of the so, ball. So, yeah, with the offense, we, you have a let's – do, let's do, go with that offensive part really quick. They have, what, three OCs in two games now? Lane Kiffin gone, Steve Sarkeesian for the one game, and now you bring in from the Patriots, uh, who is a Brian Doble. Brian what Debel, is yeah. he going to do any different than, say, what Lane Kiffin did or what Nick Saban wants to do offensively? Well, technically it's four offensive coordinators because, um, you know, Dable, who came over as a tight end coach from, you know, the Browns and the Patriots, uh, actually is a co-offensive coordinator with Mike Loxley. And, you know, we still don't understand the breakdown in, you know, who's going to be calling the plays. Uh, we believe it'll probably be, be Brian Dable. But, the, you know, in the spring game, they both called the same offense against the ones and the twos on opposite sides of the sideline. And, you know, you could see you know, the same concepts and plays at work. And no matter who's running it, it's a far more aggressive offense than what you've seen, particularly under Lane Kiffin. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, the offense you know, generated 40 points a game three years in a row. But that was primarily, you know, in the West Coast offense, you know, getting players in space, exploiting mismatches. This is just, you know, 
particularly in the passing game, is really very aggressive. It takes you know, a lot of shots downfield. It works intermediate seams a lot. I think we'll see the tight ends, and we'll see a lot of you know, a lot of four wide sets at times. All right, you mentioned a name I don't appreciate very well, New Mexico fans out here, because you mentioned Mike Loxley. <laughs> he. I'm asking about him, like, what are fans thinking about him coming over? Because with us at New Mexico, he basically killed the program. We know he's a great recruiter out in the Maryland area. So how did that come about for him getting, kind of falling up to get a pretty good gig, like at Alabama being that co-OC? Uh, you know, it, it happened the, the same way that a lot of, um, you know, our field coaches came about. You know, it's, it's Nick Saban's home for wayward coaches. So he started off as um, – you know, quality control slash analyst. I mean, that's how Fresno State landed their head coach, you know, from, from Eric Kiesau mm-hmm. from Alabama. Um, and so they brought over a lot of, of guys who could recruit if moved to the field, for instance, like Mike Loxley. And they brought over a lot of, mm-hmm. of talent from guys who know how to, how to have a vertical passing offense, like um, Warner from Ole Miss, who was, you know, sort of, forced out well he's now a quality control slash analyst coach um and a lot of those same concepts are showing up and that's what happened with mike loxley with the addition of the 10th field coach alabama was able to have someone to truly coach special teams for a change as well as have you know a co-oc who worked with the unit and loxley was moved to the field um, to work with tight ends um, and to you know, sort of help install the offense. So it was you know, just a natural progression of additional co- coaching staff being available. I mean, I don't think any of us would trust him to run a program, but I mean, you obviously trust him on the field to, you know, generate some good offenses and you know, in living rooms to talk to Mama. So yeah, you would think so. He did okay. Like he brought in a decent. What well, New Mexico is hard to get players to, anyways. You, we saw a little bit of uptick, but it. Overall, like running the program, it was people were quite up. Well, it didn't go well, I'll say the least. They were basically what 125 out of 125 for a couple of years. They were it was a mess, but now with Bob Davey, they're doing some good things. So, sticking with um, let's go, stay in the offense. Jalen Hurts, quarterback, is reading up on what you guys wrote about spring football and everything else. It seems to be, I know you take what it is worth spring football for what you what you go up against for offense or defense. But it seems he's act, he's improved quite a bit because last couple of games at the end of the year, Clemson, after that Mississippi State game, he didn't play all that well. But they're looking the way he did spring. He's chucking it down the field, having more of a downfield presence. Is that where you think that this offense could be more explosive because he's getting better himself in his second year as a starter? Yeah, you know, I, I think last year was a, a couple of factors. Uh, through the first two-thirds of the season, um, he was 29th in the country in deep pass efficiency. A lot of that is you know, yards after the catch, whereas the last third of the season, Alabama had played five teams in the top 11 in total defense. And you know, although by that point he was you know, kind of battle-hardened, you know, the difference in talent between, say, Mississippi State and Clemson is you know, more than obvious. You know, playing LSU and Auburn you know, is a lot different than you know, some of the soup cans that were on the schedule earlier. So I think it was just a natural freshman you know, progression against some of the harder teams in the country. But yes, he has certainly been a lot more aggressive. And 
know, he's trusting his throws more. You know, his incom- his incompletion percentage kind of went up towards the end of the year, but that's because he's a risk-averse quarterback. He will throw the ball out of bounds. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he throws the ball out of bounds rather than you know, just throwing it into traffic. And now he's having to trust his arm and make those throws in traffic. That makes sense. Freshman guy stuff happened. It's it's a, going into any FBS program, let alone best conference out there playing against this great defense would anybody would have have some hiccups along the way. So with the players you've lost, you mentioned defense should be fine as everybody should expect from Alabama. But overall, you had 10 draft picks <laughs> in the recent draft. Where is it? It's just a machine there. Is it assuming next guy up for whether they're replacing like Ruben Foster, Tim Williams, anybody out like even OJ Howard at tight end? Like, is it next guy come up and they expect the same production from those type of guys? Well, you know, it's not that these guys sit on the bench for two or three years. Um, I'm doing a feature right now, for instance, on the 3 4 defense to explain how linebackers work. So, for instance, as a true freshman, someone that plays that weak side you know, outside linebacker may play a lot of special teams and may see a few snaps there. In their second year, they play, you know, more and more of an inside-outside role. That way, by the time they get to their third year, usually the smartest and most athletic guy is moving inside. I mean, so it's... Nick Saban really has emphasized that football is more than anything a development game. And I think that's what you see with Alabama... Very few players are tasked with their first year stepping into the breach and having the same production as the upperclassmen who played before them. But they're more qualified to do that because they've spent two or three years sort of understudy, um, which is the best way to look at it. So there aren't ever true new starters, so to speak. These are guys who played in 12, 16, 18 games over the last two or three years and started in three or four of them. That makes sense. It's just you always see eight guys drafted, seven guys drafted, ten this past year. It's like they just keep coming through. It's going to have this – it seems like it's, it's the same thing every year. But, yeah, it's development pipeline. You have backups, moving starters, contributors, get more snaps, and it just makes sense. But it just seems that Alabama owns every good recruit out there every single year. And so it's like, who's Ruben Foster? Who cares? Who is Jonathan Allen? Great players, obviously, first-round picks, but – they just step in and like, yeah, we don't miss you after week two. So it's, I guess it's a uh, good for you, frustrating for other teams who play Alabama <laughs> throughout the, throughout the course of the year. So let me, let me ask you this really quick. So what would be, you're going to, again, you're going to be playing Colorado state and Fresno state. The Colorado state game a couple years ago was closer than people thought, but yet Alabama was still in control. They're, they're both going to lose. I'm not, I'm not kidding myself about that by one bit, bit but what would you say would be, say, a disappointing victory for Alabama, like winning that Colorado State game a couple years ago where it was pretty somewhat tough or winning just like 21-3? to What would kind of be like, oh, man, we only beat this team by X amount of points? I don't think a disappointing loss is one that's, you know, three points or 30 points. I think a disappointing loss is one where, you know, the effort level is really low, where mental mistakes are high. You know, after the – you know, Saban did, you know, his former offensive coordinator a solid and you know, signed the the contract to play the Rams. Um, that twenty one to three loss or twenty five to nine, I don't remember exactly what it was, that really wasn't a very frustrating 
loss, you know, despite the fact that it wasn't a blowout. You could tell that it was a well-coached team that was, you know, tough and getting tougher. So that's not, you know, a disappointing loss in itself. I mean, a disappointing win. A disappointing win is something where, you know, you blow a team out of the water like, say, Alabama did to Western Kentucky earlier this year, earlier last season, and there were just tons of mistakes. Um, the offensive line could not you know, generate consistent push for the running the ball. Um, the defensive line couldn't really get past Forrest Lamp. The secondary had an iffy game. I mean, Alabama wound up winning by five touchdowns, but that's a disappointing victory. It's not necessarily the scoreboard. It's truly where people are not playing between the ears like they should. Yeah, we're just um, Fresno and these guys are like, well, let's just keep it close. Let's uh, not embarrass ourselves. And I have a bit more confidence the Rams game will be a bit closer because Fresno State with Jeff Tepper still, in my opinion, a mess out there from the past few years, even though they had, like I said, Eric Keesaw come in, help out, run the offense. He kind of got a raw deal. I got out of town when it was clear Jeff Tepper was the guy from day one, even before they made the move, Tim Druder hire before, and the new idea is just a mess. But I think Fresno, like, I get your point. Like, you can win 60-0, to zero, but stuff happens where you make errors or mistakes. But I'm just hoping for Colorado State to maybe have something similar like last time because if they keep it close, they'll give a lot of confidence. That's I think the hopeful is that play them somewhat tough, don't get embarrassed too bad, and use that game to help you out when you're playing Air Force or Boise State or whomever in the conference. So, yeah, so that type of stuff. So we'll, we'll see what happens in September. But, Eric, thanks for hopping on with us. Uh, again, everybody, check out RollBamaRoll.com for everything Alabama. Got the two teams uh, taking, on, taking them on this year on the road early September. And, hey, we'll see what happens. But, hey, thanks for hopping on. And thanks again one more time for Eric Evans from RollBamaRoll.com to give us insight to Alabama spring football. Go check him out there. They're the SB Nation affiliate. Uh, same thing on Twitter, Roll Bama Roll. Some good info from him. How about how the offense, I don't know how it could get much better. Not having Lane Kiffin, Sarkeesian moved on to the Falcons. They bring in, uh, forgot they had Mike Locksley. Man, when he mentioned that name, I'm like, cool, blast from the past. I didn't want to shield myself from that name for what he did in New Mexico, but he's a good recruiter, so maybe he'll be able to do some good things for Alabama. Not that they really need it, but that's just a familiar name people know about. And we'll see how the game goes because, to be like I said, to be frank, it's Rams are probably not going to win. Neither are Fresno State. Colorado State played them reasonably close a couple years ago, if I recall. They um, given the throwing a bone to Jim McElwain, who was the head coach, a former guy at Alabama out there in the SEC. So we'll see how that turns out. I'd say the Rams have a better chance of keeping it close and that 1% chance of pulling off the upset. But we'll see. Games games got to be played, not till September. The, again, these are September 9th and 16th for both of these teams that they're uh, taking on later this year in uh, Fresno and Colorado State. But See how it goes, but yeah, again, thank you again, Eric, for hopping on with us. Again, our show, Blog Talk Radio, TuneIn, Stitcher, iTunes, we're on YouTube. When I when I get around to it, sometimes I'm lazy on the YouTube portion, but it's there. You can find the show, so we appreciate for everybody listening. Again, tell your friends about the show. Retweet the show. Share it on Facebook. If I make, screw up and say a weird name, point that out, but share it as well so people can say, hey, what's this dummy? You can't pronounce this Polynesian name? Come on. What's, what's his deal? Give a, just give us a share. Give us a, we'd like some more listeners because again, it helps me, Matt, Eli. Like we say, get some burrito money. It's not we're not making a ton off of this. Obviously, we might get twenty five cents here, a couple bucks here or there, but it's all in good fun. I know people enjoy the show, so tell your friends. And again, the show notes we have some special offers. I rotate rotate those in or out, so 
look over what we have to offer there. Maybe there's something to your liking that would help us out as well. But again, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. And as always, yes, we are biased.